We are reading this evening the Gospel of John. And if you are given a church Bible, uh, please turn to page 1082. Uh, Otherwise, in your own Bible, uh, turn to John chapter 13. Church Bible, page 1082. uh, John uh, chapter uh, 13. And we begin our reading at verse uh, 31. This is the night before Jesus was uh, betrayed and the day before he was crucified and he has just had uh, the Passover, the Old Testament sacrament uh, with his disciples in the upper room. He's just established the New Testament sacrament of the Lord's Supper and now John chapter 13 and verse uh, 31 we're reading of Judas, one of the twelve And he has gone out from Jesus, the presence of Jesus, and gone out from the little group of twelve disciples. So John 13, verse 31. When Judas was gone, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, Would you really lay down your life for me? I tell you the truth. Before the cock crows, you will disown me three times. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms or dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, 
the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe in the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these, but I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Amen. We're turning now to page 144, Almighty God, for these glorious, glorious words, which open up this whole perspective on the work of Christ and his return to heaven, that he did not return there on his own. He wasn't greeted as a single individual but rather he was greeted and received as the conquering king, the one who had defeated Satan and gained the victory of salvation for a great multitude of people. In the ages to come, as well as in the ages past, and to all the ends of the earth, we thank you, Lord God, that though we were not born 2,000 years ago, we thank you that nonetheless we were part of that great train and that great body of people that had now been delivered from Satan and had now become the captives, the servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that when he died on the cross and rose again, his work of salvation was finished. That the work of salvation was perfect and complete at that very moment. And we thank you that since then it has been applied and is being applied to the lives of men and women and boys and girls. And now tonight as we sit here in this building and as we come now to think of Christ and think of his return to heaven, we pray, Lord God, that you would apply his salvation 
to each one of us. We pray for any who have not yet believed and who are not yet saved that tonight might be the night when you will call them uh, to yourself through Christ. And Lord, those of us who are already saved, that we would rejoice in our salvation and in what still lies before us in terms of experiencing that salvation in all its fullness in heaven itself. Hear our prayer. Make your face to shine upon us. Help us by the Holy Spirit. Open our eyes that we will see wonderful things from your word and in our Saviour. In Jesus' name. Amen. We'll turn please to John chapter 13. And if you're using the church Bible, it's page 1082. I don't know whether it's a sign that I'm getting older or not, but I find myself returning in my thoughts often to scenes that happened in my childhood. Um, and uh, as I was um, thinking about this service and preaching on this uh, subject uh, this evening and during this past week, uh, I was reminded uh, of my own home that I grew up in. I grew up on a farm, County Fermanagh, and we had a farmhouse there. Uh, and there was one room which really served as a living room, kitchen, dining room, all in one. Uh, and in that room, uh, there was an old range, and then that was replaced eventually by a highly modern Rayburn Royal cooker that burned uh, turf, as we called it in Fermanagh, uh, peat, if you're in uh, County Antrim, and we burned sticks as well. And so that was the only heat that there was in the entire house, and you ran from that room when you were going to bed. Uh, and you got into bed as quickly as you could with a hot water bottle and pulled the blankets up around you because there was no central heating. But there in that, uh, above that cooker, there was what we called a rack. It was just a, uh, a place where you could set things to air or to warm. Uh, and my father uh, was and uh, is still, of course, uh, a man who's no hair, a bald man, bald-headed man. And um, he always wore a farmer's cap, as my children refer to it. And uh, he would come in from being outside, and the cap would go up on the rack above the cooker. And he would sit down and maybe have a cup of tea, and then plenty of time to go and do something. The father would get up, and he'd walk to the cooker and take down his cap. And um, the question always came then, Dad, where are you going? Dad, where are you going? And of course, that is a very ordinary question. It's a question that we ask often, perhaps even on a daily basis. Um, a child asks his parents, 
uh, when it sees them getting ready and changing their clothes or whatever, mommy and daddy, where are you going? Or a wife sees her husband um, looking for the car keys and she asks him, where are you going? Uh, or you get stopped by a policeman or again, as used to happen in Fermanagh in the times of the Troubles, you get stopped by the army and you get asked, where are you going, sir? And you who are young people in school, perhaps at times you get stopped by the teacher because you're in the school building at break time or whatever, and the teacher says to you, where are you going? So it's a very common, ordinary, everyday question. It's a question that we also find in Scripture. Because we read here this evening from John chapter 13 and verse 31. And we see in this passage how this was a question that was asked of Jesus. A question that was asked of Jesus. Here in John chapter 13, page 1082 in the Church Bible, in verse 36, Peter asks, Lord, where are you going? And in the Greek language, it's only three words. Lord, um, where is the second word, then are you going is uh, all one word in Greek. They want to go with him. Jesus has been saying to them here, uh, from verse 31 on, from the moment that Judas has gone out from the twelve, there's now just eleven of them left. It's the night before Jesus uh, dies on the cross. And he's going to be betrayed soon. The next day he's going to be on the cross. He's leaving them. Where is he going? He's saying to them, and he tells them, and this whole passage is about where he is going. And he's saying to them that where he is going, verse 36, you cannot follow me now. So, Lord, where are you going? Well, he is returning, of course, to his father. He's going to his father's house, we're told in chapter 14, verse 1. In my father's house, I am going there. So he's going to the father's house. He's going to heaven. He's going to heaven. He had come from heaven 30 plus years before this. He had come from heaven via the womb of Mary uh, and now he's going to return to heaven via the cross and Jesus is saying that he's going there but they can't go and that really bewilders them and it as it were shakes them to the very core of their being it it rocks them back on their heels, as it were. Because for the past three years, they've gone everywhere. 
with Jesus. After all, he had chosen them to be with him. We read in Mark's Gospel. And to go with him. And so they had gone all over this part of the world. uh, Which is known as Palestine then. And they had gone to villages. And they had gone to the cities. And they had gone to the synagogues. And they had gone to the temple. They had gone to the mountaintop. They had gone to the lakeside. They had gone into homes. They had gone out into the wilderness. All kinds of places. They had gone with Jesus. But here now, they cannot go with him. They are told. But they are also told... That where he is going, they will come later. Look at verse 36 again. But you will follow later. You will follow me afterwards. So the place to which Jesus is going, the Father's house to heaven, via the cross, is the place to which they also will go. But not just now. It's going to be later. All eleven of them will go to heaven. They will follow afterwards. They will follow at different times. They'll not all go at the one time. And they'll follow by different deaths. They're not all going to go the same way to heaven. Jesus himself is going to go to heaven by the cross. And tradition has it that Peter later also went via a cross. That he was crucified. And in fact he was crucified upside down. Because he didn't, uh, wouldn't allow himself to be crucified the right way up. Because that was only the Saviour that was crucified that way. So Peter would go to heaven in his way appointed, the way appointed by God. If you turn to Acts chapter 12, we read of James. He was the first of this group of 11 to follow later. And there in Acts chapter 12, we're told that he went to heaven By the sword of Herod. Herod had him arrested. And then he chopped off his head. And actually Peter was arrested at that time as well. And Peter was released. So James was taken at that time. And Peter was spared. Showing us that the Lord Jesus Christ is sovereign over the death of each of his people. There is a time appointed for you and I who believe in Christ to go to heaven. And nobody will hasten that and nobody will hinder that. And there's also a way by which you and I who believe will go to heaven. And it's not determined ultimately by men. The cross by which Jesus returned to heaven, it was not determined by men. 
That was the purpose of the Father. That he would go via the cross. And men were only doing the Father's will when they took him by lawless hands and crucified him. They of course were responsible for the wrong they did. But they were fulfilling the purpose of God of the cross. And so you and I who believe tonight we will go to heaven at the time appointed by Christ but also in the way appointed by Christ. And that will vary. Some of you here may live to a ripe old age. Others may be taken while you're young. Some of you, it will be that the body just wears out and like an old car breaks down more and more and no matter how hard the doctors try, they can't keep the old car repaired and together. And for other of us, others of us, it will be a sudden illness that takes us and, and very quickly or in a short period of time we're taken from a position of health and strength into a position of weakness and the outward man perishes quickly. See, these men, the eleven, went in different ways. James by the sword of Herod, Peter by a cross crucified upside down, John, the brother of James, he lived to be a very old man. He was still living at the end of the first century. Uh, and we believe he died an old man. Natural causes. And so these men, they will follow the Saviour to the place he is going. Each one of them at the time appointed by the Father. And that's a wonderful assurance for you and I as believers to have tonight. We don't need to fear death. We don't need to think in terms of a premature death. Because our death will come at the time appointed. And in the way that God um, sees fit. But on what basis would they follow him afterwards? On what basis would they follow the Christ into the Father's house afterwards? Is it because they've been good enough? Is it because they have learned enough? Is it because they have tried hard enough? Now look at what Jesus says in verse 14. Sorry, chapter 14, verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, or as it is in another version, you believe in God. Trust also, believe also in me. There's the basis upon which those men and upon which you and I and the only basis upon which any person can follow the Christ to the Father's house, to heaven itself. It's only as we believe. Only as we believe. 
not believing in me myself and that I'm good enough or that I'm worthy enough but believing in him believing in me the Christ believing in the one who gave himself on that cross and who took the pains of hell and the judgment of hell on the cross for the sins of others laying hold of him and saying Lord Jesus I believe that you did it for me where are you going a question asked of Jesus it was a very important and profound question for these men to know the answer to that he was going to heaven the father's house and that they would follow him afterwards because they believe in him and that brings us to our second point tonight and it's a briefer point it's not only a question asked of Jesus but it's a question asked of you by Jesus where are you going and put your own name in front of it Harry where are you going Jack where are you going Jonathan where are you going put your own name in where are you going And we can ask that question and look at that in the immediate context now and put it like this. Where are you going in your life tonight? Where are you going in your life tonight? Are you going in the path of repentance and faith? The path of following Jesus And being in fellowship with Jesus as these 11 men were in fellowship with Jesus and following Jesus because they had heard and they had repented and they had believed. Where are you going tonight in your life? Are you going away from Jesus? Turning your back upon him? Are you holding him at arm's length and saying, yes, at some point, Jesus, I want to follow you. And yes, ultimately, I want to go to heaven. But not just now. Not just today. Not just this year. Leave it for a little while longer until I do this and that and the other thing. But you see, the point is, You don't know, as I don't know, when the time of death will come. It will come suddenly, as it does. For some, the twinkling of an eye. You don't know by what means you're going to be taken. And therefore it's a very unwise thing to say, I want to go to heaven ultimately, 
but I don't want to be ready to go now. Where are you going in your life tonight? Are you a non-Christian tonight? And is Christ saying to you, and has he been showing you for some time now, that you need to repent, and you need to believe in him? And you haven't yet done that? Where are you going? Are you a Christian tonight? And though you have begun, at some point in the past, following Jesus, But the reality is, as you sit here in church tonight, your life is going nowhere with Jesus. Because you're not in his word. And you're not in prayer. And you're not in the fellowship of his people. And you're not living a life of obedience. And you're not walking with him day after day. Could it be that you're here tonight as a Christian and the term that we you would have to use of yourself if you are being honest is that you are a backslidden Christian. You haven't ceased to be a Christian. Because when someone is born again of the Spirit, they do not at some point later cease to be born again of the Spirit. But it's possible to be a Christian who's not walking close with Christ. He's living disobediently. And Christ says to you tonight, if that's you, where are you going in your life? Because when you or I, as a professing Christian, begin to follow Christ at a distance, that's when things ultimately, sooner or later, will begin to we will begin to experience the the disciplining hand of Christ upon our lives. And um, that's when we will begin to get life out of perspective and and, um, we will not know peace and joy and fullness of life. And sometimes Christians in that state life gets literally on top of them and the problem is that at some point in the past they've stopped going after Christ so where are you going in your life but then let's put it like this where are you going at the end of your life Where are we going at the end of our lives? Do you have that assurance tonight in your heart that Christ has simply gone ahead and that Christ is in heaven and he's preparing a place for you and that when you die you will go to be with him? You cannot follow him now Because it's not the right time. He's still work for you to do on this earth. He's still service for you to give. But you can say, I shall follow you afterwards. 
Is that your certainty tonight? It should be. And it can be. For those who say uh, with, or who, who are able to, uh, to say with, with Jesus in these opening verses, my heart is not troubled. I trust in God. I believe in God. But not just in some general way. I believe in Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the Savior of men. That's what decides the question for each one of us where we're going. Whether to be in heaven with Jesus or in hell apart from Jesus, apart from his salvation. And experiencing only his judgment. The question is decided not on whether we belong to a church. Not on whether we're a good neighbour. Not on whether we're religious and we have a general belief in God. The question is decided on do you believe also in Christ? Do you believe in him? Lord, where are you going? To the Father's house. Men and women and young people, where are you going? Are you going to the Father's house? If you are, praise the Lord. And if you're not, seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near let the wicked forsake his own way Amen